What is up? My name is Kyle. I'm with Danny. And we are talking Don of X once again on Podcast of X this week. Specifically talking about X-Force, or sorry, X-Men issue number two. Now, this is going to be an interesting, bizarre, uh, somewhat quirky, but somewhat plot-heavy issue. Um, roller coaster of emotions in many ways. But um, last week we talked about Fallen Angels, and we were talking about how it's 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 a weird one, right? It's uh, it was oh, interesting. Yeah. It felt like X Force in many ways, but uh, I don't know its purpose in the greater Don of X story uh, line. Um, really, just just meant. It seemed like it was just meant to get like the new the new Psylocke back up to speed. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Pretty much, we just if you're a Psylocke fan, this is it. This is your this is your jam. If you're original Psylocke fan, original, yeah. So that's interesting. It's it was an interesting one, but today we're talking X Men issue number two. Are you ready to just dive into this this orgy of an island disaster, if you will? You mean uh, the sitcom? Starring the Summer's Children called Summertime. Summertime, summertime, children, <laughs> Nathan and Rachel and Scott. Just just a family getting along, having a good time. There we go. I'm wondering where this fits in with Fallen Angels. Is this like, does this go right after it? Because if Nathan's here, he, he literally just got done with all that stuff and right. is now doing this or... I thought he was supposed to be focusing on like trying to do stuff for Psylocke now. Exactly. He was just on a mission. He's like, well, what's up, family? I was just uh, out and about doing things with people with weird eyes. What do you want to do? And Scott's all like, there's this white guy with weird eyes. And he's all like, there's a lot of weird eyes in my life right now. <laughs> he's like, hey, try try some of this uh, overclock stuff. I hear it's great. Yeah. Oh, doing some bookkeeping on that. I looked into that. The thing that we were thinking of is a different thing that was called like cortisone D or something. And it's gotcha. called kick. Kick. And that kick. was the drug that gives the mutants an enhancement. Overclock, that's some that's some original drug-based content. But gotcha. I mean, we're we're back on Hickman now, and that's that was uh what Brian I believe Hill. Brian Hill. Brian Hill was yeah, the guy who wrote this. So we're we're now back on some Hickman story. Yeah. So, so Hickman. So get ready for some some really elaborate plot building. Yes. Um, one thing I will say is uh, you, Lionel Francis, you. I'm not. I'm not digging his art artwork. I'm not liking his pencils too much. It feels too rough to me. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just not like what I'm into at all. I'm not. I'm not digging it as much. As much as uh, like R.B. Silva and uh, Pepe, that was just, yeah, yeah, that that, stuff was amazing. It hit on so many levels, like in terms of what I like in artwork and comic book artwork and line work and like just cross hatching and yeah, it's just mm, every every like iconic image that was through the 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 whole arc of House of X and Powers of X like stood out. A lot of this stuff is like kind of forgettable. Like it's good. It's technically like solid. Yeah, absolutely. But nothing like nothing is really over the top though. Nothing is really yeah. kind of unique. 
I'm not a big fan of when like that cross hatching gets out of hand because it gives it gives the appearance that everyone's kind of older, like old people almost. You know, when you cross hatch too much, it does put like layer and grizzle on top of people. Makes <laughs> them yeah. look all grizzly. <laughs> Indeed, but we started off with this issue. Uh, the first page is pretty straight and to the point. Scott walks in. We're met with uh, Nathan and Rachel. They're all like, "What's up?" And he is pretty much like, there is an island fastly, uh, quickly, quickly approaching Krakoa. Um, and it making seems a beeline. Be making a beeline. Uh, and uh, they, they had some recon done. And the recon said that there's like these beasts and monsters on this planet. And pretty much the kids are like, you want, you, you need help. You want us, you want us in on this mission? I'm down. I'm down. I want to shoot some stuff. Cable's like, yeah, let's shoot some stuff. He's so excited. Always just, he's like, I got guns. I got bullets. I got explosives. Let's do it. I'm down. And then he's like, well, children, what I'm saying is let's go kill some monsters on an island. <laughs> Who wants to come? <laughs> Who wants to come, children? Who is I down do. for this outing? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Let's do it. That's pretty much the pretty straight and to the point, and that's our kind of our opening page. Not a long, drawn out like Hickman usually has like five or six pages of a story build up before you get the title page. And it's like, damn, this just started. Yeah, you forget that they they haven't even really like let into the title yet. And with this one, it was like it was he went quick with it. He was quick like, to the point. Like fucking Scott kicks in the door, and he's like, "You kids want to shoot some monsters with me?" And, he, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." We cut to X X Men. I like how like the, that both uh, Rachel and um, Nathan have such like messed up childhoods that like taking them to an island and killing like estranged monsters is what constitutes as like a, a spending a day with their dad. <laughs> like, yeah, for fun. this is you a know, family outing. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is the closest that. that Scott can get to like taking them to the zoo because like it would be too like mundane to them. Like Nathan would be like, "This is boring." And Scott's like, well, I'm going to take you to a zoo where the zoo bites back. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is going to be crazy. Indeed. And we're going to get those family moments throughout this, like, whole issue where they're just, even in battle, they're they're thrown around, like, ran, trying to connect almost in many ways throughout uh, yeah, this, I, I this issue. Scott, like, walking, like, off screen and then coming back in with, like, cotton candy and, and like, popcorn. And he's like, you kids having a good day? And they're like, we're having the best day, Dad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Um, so yeah, we have this giant island slowly approaching Krakoa. Charles is dead, and uh, the island like security is clearly down. I like how moment. Scott refers to that as that whole con uh, context of what's happening as uh, the drama that is going on. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just. Really yeah, it's like that. Hickman is doing his best to really just put the brakes on the fucking whole just characters dying in comics trope. He's just like, that's nah, just uh, that's just drama we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a death. It's not dramatic. It's not life changing. It's just a thing. Yeah, just some some heat that's gonna breeze over. <laughs> yeah, not a big deal at all. Um. So then we cut to them kind of flying off, right? Yeah, and uh, we get like uh, we get kind of like this dialogue from Cable. He's just like, hey, "Look at my gun. I got this cool gun. I got it from Raza. Check it out. It's awesome." 
I got some grenades too, some thermal grenades. You want to check out my grenades? It's pretty yeah. much just like you wanted to look at my balls. Look at my balls. It's just weird because he's talking to his family. Yeah, but, it's really strange, and it, it almost feels like they're just like humoring him and like just like kind of just going with the flow, of just like okay, that's cool. While like Scott's like licking his wounds because he's just like, man, the only person who could talk to islands is in space, and why did I let Doug go into space? Mm-hmm. It seems kind of dumb that the one person that's like our direct communication to Krakoa and maybe any other sentient living island that may show yep. up is now it's gone. So not on but, planet right now. And that sucks because he could have been very helpful during this whole situation. But nope. yeah, he probably would have breezed it over. He's like, guys, it's fine. Everything's fine. Just let him do the thing. It'll play out. But nope. Especially the communication part that comes up in just a few minutes here. But I mean, now we transition to this amazing Cthulhu shot that is yes. probably the standout. Like this, this part stands out. Like I remembered this part coming back and like reading this again. Like I remembered this like this scene before I even got to it. The rest of the scenes I didn't. Even like some of the character design models, I was just like thinking in my head, I was like, what does that guy look like again? Mm-hmm. And then I saw him and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, you were kind of forgettable. You were really bland. But like this part, I was just like, Oh shit. It's like Cthulhu rising up out of volcano. Out of a volcano with, with lightning coming out of it. It's a pretty epic shot. I dig this whole it's a one page panel. Uh, or one panel page and it's just this giant island spewing forth this tentacle monster and what does Cable say? I should have thought of it. I should have brought a bigger gun. I <laughs> should have brought a bigger gun. <laughs> like, the, like the really like generic movie cliche line. <laughs> We're going to need more guns. You're going to need a bigger gun. <laughs> you don't got enough explosives. Yes, you gotta you gotta talk like this when you say yeah, that. Grisly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So they land on the island, and uh, and we see uh, Rachel kind of uh, is like, oh, and uh, she notices that there's uh, there's intelligent wildlife. Is that what she says? There's like low intelligent she, wildlife. She does wildlife? like a she does like a quick psychic scan okay. of the island to kind of determine the level of intelligence, and she says that it's just relatively low to like basic intelligence on the island, like nothing that's out of the out of the norm. But then she does pick up on one thing in particular that seems like kind of off, and that's where they begin their their journey, their um, safari, if you will. Yeah. Like, but instead of machetes to cut down uh, brush and bramble, we've got uh, Scott's optic blast. <laughs> we got optic beams. Yeah, not a big deal. So we cut to later, two hours from contact with Krakoa. So I don't think we've ever had like a ticking time limit since this point. I don't know why they felt the need to go like, there's only two hours left before they make contact. I don't think that really played into the story. There wasn't really a ticking time bomb speed limit. Everyone felt not rushed whatsoever. Is it does it mean two hours from when they cr- contacted Krakoa, like the last time? Oh, is that what it means? I thought it would meant like it's until two hours until the two islands kind of impact or meet together. Oh, okay, okay, I can see that. That makes sense. Okay, that two hours till they they physically they physically um, breach, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to be more. Um, PG. <laughs> Ooh, contact you say. I know yes. what you mean by contact, Hickman. Oh, I'm on yeah. you. 
But yeah, they uh, they were just roaming around in these these brush for two hours until finally Scott was like, "Enough is enough." Yeah. I hope he did. I hope he did it in the in the Marvelous Capcom two uh, or Marvelous Capcom style voice of just like optic oh. blast. Yeah. <laughs> He's all chill and like normal and like talking and then all of a sudden he gets this like monotone echoey voice and like rachel's like what was that about and he's like it's right. just a habit i can't i can't drop it it's just the thing i do yeah <laughs> i'm sorry just let but it be it since i was indoctrinated into the x-men okay yeah. whatever yeah charles started me on this like 20 years ago just let it be <laughs> <laughs> but uh they're just kind of walking through cable kind of mentions it looks like hawaii and, I, and they kind of banter, but then they run into this uh, weird rhino thing in, in the words of Scott. Um, and it just looks like a regular rhino with like an eye, a third eye almost. It kind of looks and like a combination of like a, like a water buffalo a little bit. Like a little bit, of, yeah. those big horns on the top. It's like they, they took a couple of weird big grazing type like uh, animals like that and just kind of thrown it, threw it together. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if they threw some elephant tusks on there and just hit the whole trifecta. <laughs> it's like how many how many facial bone accessories can we throw on this creature? Ah, screw it. But I mean, it's like a lot of the Krakoan animals too. Like they have that weird problem where they're just like like we were talking about before. They're just like a chimera of other animals. Yes, with the third eye, like he said, which that yeah. that's that's probably one of the weirdest ones yet. Mm-hmm. And Cable's just like, I'm going to shoot it. And right as he pulls the gun, it's met with a bigger monster. This giant snake uh, tentacle um, thing that kind of looks like a Stranger Things monster a little bit. Or like something from like Stephen King's like The Mist. Oh, yeah. The Mist. Man, that ending was fucked up. Oh, yeah. that's for, That was probably one of the... The worst endings in a movie. I mean, not like not like worst isn't bad, but more like fucked up endings. It was like probably so one of the most like just like oh wow. Yep. That 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 kind of also saved the movie too because it made it a little more like unique. God. Yeah, I agree. And these are totally missed like creatures because it's like they're all like weird tentacles that open up into a bunch of like teeth. Yeah, and it just snatches this water buffalo monster thing. I felt kind of sad. I was like, oh, poor water buffalo. We poor water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we take a moment to acknowledge that, like, there's something up with, like, kind of, like, the mentality of Cable? Like, he feels, I guess that's maybe they're trying to be comical with it, but it almost makes me concerned. Like, does he have, like, Trigger the happy. mental demeanor of a child? He's definitely, they're, they're trying to make him out as uh, younger and less experienced, but it comes off weird sometimes. Like, the cocky young gun, but it's, like, it's, yeah. yeah. But he's supposed to be like a child of war. Like even if he's not like the old cable that's more experienced, he's still like we estimated. He still faced like sixteen, seventeen years of like war. So yeah, exactly. That's I don't even understand how that wouldn't translate to him being a little more like level headed. He's just like we'll see even more. Like I'm I'm kind of already getting ahead of myself because like they've really oh they yeah really ham up on that in the next few transitions that happen with like his character and what what he does. You start to go like, what's going on with Cable here? <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, the water buffalo gets eaten, and he's just, Cable's just like, damn. And then they kind of unleash on the, on the guy, and family uh, bonding uh, moment. Family bonding moment. Discover a new species and trying to wipe it out. Yeah. What a lovely 
lovely time. But we cut to the Iraq Ma. And what's happening in the Iraq Ma? What's happening is we're met with this this white guy, just a white guy. I think he's albino, right? Yeah, he's an albino for sure. But he's but his eyes are bleeding black. Like his eyes are bleeding black. He's fucked up on uh, overclock. (laughs) Overclock, man! You took too much of that overclock, man. You better watch yourself. You're burnt out. You're overheating. You need more thermal paste. Yeah. (laughs) Reapply that processor, man. Yeah. Get on that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And. Essentially, he's like, um, he's trying to uh, find someone, right? He's trying to find someone, essentially. And he's like, yo, I'm looking for, I think he even mentions it at his mother. Yeah, that seems like who he's talking to in that weird void with the fire. Yeah, with the weird void, yeah. It looks like what I'm seeing is, it, it looks like a shoulder, a pair of shoulders with like, or like, like a head. Like there's like some uh-huh. weird epilepsy on top of like that's like the frame of like their clothing that's kind of giving yeah. the outline of their shoulders, and then in the center it's like a burning head that's kind of going up, and I mean they refer to some kind of like nods to like this is the mother that that the person is talking to, yeah, like, mother please and like all this kind of stuff, so I feel like that that person is in some other location or some sort of special realm. Like since we find out later on that this person has the ability to summon things and access different realms, maybe that's where that other person's at. Like the realms where all these creatures are coming from. I don't know. They Mm -hmm. don't really touch on that, that part too much, but there's definitely, definitely like some weird connection between them besides uh, them just being related. There's some deeper connection going on here. And the, that's why the island is moving is it's kind of tied to these people. Yeah. And uh, we cut to uh, essentially information on what a summoner is. And essentially a summoner of Araco, uh, they kind of protect the island. They are the, uh, they are the people who protect the beasts and uh, kind of ward off any wars or hostility uh towards the island and we're met we we learn about three different types of summoners um so summoner minor is able to summon a single host or minor demon right so it's so you get you got one pokemon that's it it's like a level 10 it's but it doesn't even know like anything outside of like scratch or like tackle okay <laughs> splash <laughs> yeah or splash <laughs> Useless bastard. Um, then we then we move on to Summoner Adept. Um, that is able a Summoner Adept is able to summon a small horde of minor demons or one major elemental. So you know has like a, either like twenty Rotatas or one like <laughs> one like Nido Queen. Hey, that'd be scary if you got swarmed by like a like a oh, mob sure. of Sure, yeah, like, that'd frighten me. They'd be gnawing at your flesh and stuff. And just like, like, no, stop! It's like a swarm of rats. <laughs> you know, but yeah. It's all about the high summoner with the ability to sit through any yes. bad movie and make it slightly enjoyable. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... What is with this this whole arc of like different summoners? Like, there's the one summoner. Like, what? Why right. is there? Why is there like why a hierarchy? 
hierarchies of summoners. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that that's like a history that they're trying to convey, but from what I pull and how this like is explained, they're only really seems to be there was just the one summoner the one guy yeah, <laughs> yeah and his mom like his mom. so <laughs> and i mean is in is, is he really a summoner or isn't he kind of a mutant right because yeah. i mean well, not to spoil like things a, too much but i mean i guess you could say he's like a, a byproduct of being a, a mute so uh, okay he could Let's... be a, because usually the children born of mutants is a mutant and typically yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yes, we'll elaborate further. But moving on, literally we cut again, and uh, they, now we see the family riding these these rhino beasts. And they're having a lovely time. They're just enjoying the sights. <laughs> no, no explanation on how they tame these beasts. I mean, maybe Rachel's is like guiding them. I assume that's the quick like turnaround. But yeah, it was. It's just like without any issues, no saddles, no nothing. They're just riding these weird wannabe wildebeest creatures, and they're just they're still bantering more or less as they're riding these things. And uh, as this happens, as they're riding, as Cable's just talking about his guns more or less still, and and Rachel's just like, "Come on, come on, get out of here." uh scott's are like uh we got company dead ahead and uh as they pull into this kind of plains uh we see this guy with his back turned this albino that we saw earlier and uh they try just to chilling. Con- just chilling hanging out and uh it's trying to communicate with them they're trying to communicate with each other kind of and they can't understand each other or can they no, because uh, I think it's Scott and Rachel, Rachel comments that the the sounds like it's singing, mm. and it's which is kind of funny because it's got that creepy looking like passage. So it's like if if it's singing while it talks, like it has that kind of sound that just makes it kind of eerie, like a banshee. Oh, yeah. But to to the summoner, or I guess yeah, he would be considered a high summoner, right? Because that's. Considered the uh, oh, the look, they, is, if you go yeah. back to to the the summoner breakdown, it says it that there, there's currently one high summoner, currently eight summoner adepts, and then currently 250. Yes. Originally there was 600 out of, and then 30 of the summoner adepts, and then three high summoners. Okay, so maybe there there are more summoners still on the island. Okay, that that's probably something that they'll go into probably in the next X maybe something later on. But okay, yes. so. So he is a, a the high summoner. He is the high summoner. He has the logo of the high summoner on his chest. Oh, true. So he he probably has like a different understanding of language since he grew up on this island. And to them, it, it, to him, they sound like they're grunting, like kind of how how like a primate would. Right. So I guess he, he kind of could pick up on like their their evolutionary traits of like where they originally came from, going back to like Homo superior and all that, and Homo sapien and Homo habilis. And as this is happening, Cable's just like, I got an idea. Oh, God. Let's let's give it something. And he just walks up to it, and he gives it a gift. And the gift that he gives it is just a thermal bomb. A detonator, like a, like a, a Star Wars-style like, thermal detonator. Like, so up. it's like not just a bomb, but like a fucking like a dope bomb, like ridiculously powerful. And he's just all like, you know, I just wanted to give him a weapon. It's... 
I thought he would like it. And what does the summoner do when he gets this weapon? Immediately blows it up. <laughs> He's just like, okay, I'm going to push this. And that's kind of what happens when you give someone that doesn't even know how to communicate with you yet a giant thermal detonator. Look at that explosion panel. Like, Scott is thrown into the fetal like, position. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. They get whipped He's filleting himself there in a minute. <laughs> I don't know if they survived that. Yeah, what the fuck? Just Honestly. Like, I feel like this is like a Looney Tunes episode or something. What's going on? It kind of is. It kind yeah. of, the tone of it is so bizarre. So tongue-in-cheek, like, is just like, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. I just blew up the guy that, like, runs this island. Like, we're trying to make peace and extend the olive branch. And I give him... It's like, I get it. So, so in, in, in Cable's mindset, that's, like, his most prized possession. So he's trying to say, show peace by saying, like, this is what I love most. I'm giving it to you to, like, kind of extend the olive branch. But, I mean, like, his military tactician side and even Scott's should be like, no, man, this is a bad idea. (laughs) Disarm it or something. Like, don't just give him a live thermal grenade. Like, how is he? You you can't even communicate with him. So how is he supposed to know not to just push one button and blow it up? You gave him something with a button and sit here. And then you're shocked he blew himself up. Yeah. Like what what a weird plot the plot device that Hickman's writing into this. I don't it's hmm. I mean it's, it's funny, so I'll give it that, funny. but still it is, it's it is it's funny. very unorganic. It's <laughs> uh and then Rachel and Nathan kind of just uh, pick her a little bit and yeah. Right even Scott's, so. even Scott even has like this weird, like quippy line where he's just like, "Kids, let's stop arguing. It's time to do the other thing." Yeah. It's just like everyone's on board with this quippiness. It's just like that's a very like 2020, 2019 thing to say. It's well, time to do a thing. Like a weird sitcom mode. There's like a bubble yeah. around the summer's like children and and Scott. And they're all like stuck in this weird family sitcom bubble that's like pushing its way through reality. Like this guy's just living on his island trying to enjoy life and they're showing up like causing their like nonsense. He's like, what is that weird laugh track I keep hearing? Right? Why do people keep applauding? applauding? <laughs> and you just feel like, kids, let's stop arguing. And then you hear the audience go, aw. <laughs> He's like, I must kill you. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I'm stuck in this weird fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as they're bickering, and as Scott tries to get them to focus, the summoners lie. Don't you know who I am? I am the summoner, bitch. Uh, even though they don't understand what it's saying. But summoner's mad. Summoner goes, I do summoner things now. You deal with summoner things. And it resurrects, or not resurrects, but summons. Uh, an octopus monster, a crab monster, and a shadow man. Yeah, Holgor Dur, the vanquished god. Yeah, <laughs> he summons <laughs> <a> god <laughs> straight up. The god who is like so stuck in subterfuge is even worse than Magneto's face. It's just yeah. his symbol is the only yeah. thing that is lit. The symbol in his eyes. Yeah, I guess his eyes, but he's like completely like, shadow. Yeah. 
It's because he's vanquished. He's 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 like the shell of himself. <laughs> he's lost all the color in his cheeks. <laughs> and then one is just literally a giant octopus, like a kraken. He summons a kraken. <laughs> yeah, straight up a kraken. And this is where he first says, "For I am son of Rocco, a defender of the keep." One does not attack me and live. And this is out there kind of battling. And even though we, they don't understand what he's saying, we as the reader understand that this is a being from Rocco. And we've discussed Rocco a little bit uh, in Don, uh, um, House of X, right? Yes, yeah, about- they had that whole thing about like um, uh, Apocalypse's past and how they flushed it out. Exactly, and at one point, uh, Krakoa was two islands, Arako and Krakoa, and they split off, and uh, during a battle, uh, Apocalypse summoned the four horsemen and banished Arako. Yes, to, to kind of deal with the, the... I forget the dimension that they banished it to. Yeah, but, to kind of deal with the demon problem and all the nonsense. To deal with all the demons, yes. Yeah. And we're seeing that kind of circle back now. We're seeing the outcome of what happens to what happened to Arako. Um, so the battle continues. Um, Cable's like, I got guns. I also got a knife. And uh, they're just battling. Now there's two shadowy monsters that Scott's come taking on. And he's kind of, uh, go ahead. Vanquished gods. More Vanquished gods. Horgur. <laughs> Which, I don't know how that works. I thought there was only one Vanquished God. Maybe the Vanquished God splits. Oh, because he hits him with the, the optic beam. Yeah. Like the optic glass, and it cuts him and down. And it the splits center. in half, yeah, and becomes oh. two beings. Okay. That's fancy. fancy I like that fancy. Cable's knife fighting with a, a Kraken. Right? All this talk about guns and you whip out a knife. Yeah. <sighs> it's kind of getting, un- getting frustrating. <laughs> and then Scott makes the, the whole, like, realization that, like, oh, wait, why are we trying to forcefully talk to this, like, person when we've been downloading languages into people's minds for, like, the last, you know, freaking month or, like, three months or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Since we've accepted the island, like, oh, let's let's do that. Why don't we just do that from the start? Yeah, oh, and, okay. and Scott's just all like, Rachel, execute program 4532. And she's all like, got it, on it, and then ban. And then he's all like, yo, what's up? I understand you. What the fuck is up with dabbing? I don't get your culture. <laughs> <laughs> what are these, these memes? I don't understand. Yeah. Why, yeah, why do you like cats so much? What is up with this? What's going on? <laughs> and then, um, so now, now they understand the being. Um, the Kraken kind of knife fight. Yeah, Cable lost his knife fight. The Kraken has him kind of surrounded, covered. Um, and what is it saying? It's pretty much just saying uh, it, it, that it loves him. Why you call someone? me up, asshole? Uh, yeah, it said like, "Why are you trying to destroy me?" And he's just like, "Present." It was a present, bad present, but, um, and, uh, more or less, he's just all like, do you love someone? And he's just like, whoa, we took this to a whole different level. Yeah, because he's, like, asking <laughs> about the island and, like, what, yeah. what's going on. It's like, why, why is the why is your island, like, ramping up towards ours and what's the deal with all the tentacles and the fiery volcano, man? Yeah. 
Yeah, and oh, it should be mentioned that during this battle, uh, Scott mentioned had a moment where he's like, "The island, it's like T minus a certain amount of time till the island's impact, right?" And then right as he says, uh, "Cut back to the summoner," where he's just like, "Do you love someone?" And then Scott's all like, uh, "And yeah," and then the summoner's like, "You want to be with him, yes?" And he's like, "Of course." And then he's just like, "All right, check this out." And then we see this awesome like. Uh, Full full width uh, spread of the two islands coming together, and we see their foliage kind of intertwining and combining, and <laughs> and then we see Rachel's just all like, uh, are, "Are they are they are, are they doing this? Are they really doing this?" And then Scott's just like, "I don't I don't, don't want to know." And then we got we got Cable just kind of half covering his face, where he's just like, "I don't want to see this, but I I want to see this." This is getting a little like a little steamy in here. Like, yeah. wow, like these, these islands were quick at it. They were like, "Ah, oh, we made it. Now we're here. Let's fuck." <laughs> and then chicka bow wow. Like the flowers are there for the yeah. symbolism. Oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah, they're flowering hard on each other. Yeah, blooming hard <laughs> up in here. Um, so awkward. And oh, ca- cables. This is a great line from Scott. We got cables. Just like, what was that? And Scott goes, "Well, son, I think that's how all my best mistakes have happened." And that is the greatest burn I've seen Scott do. I think. Yeah, look at Rachel's face. Oh, Rachel's she's just, just like, like oh. you motherfucker. I'm, I'm not even from your time, bitch. I'm from the days of future that's past. Yes. Don't you understand? Uh, I don't have to deal with this. I'll go back to that fucking apocalypse land, that wasteland. Yeah, of course, Scott, he's, he's always going to raise like all these time-displaced children of his. I know. There's so many deadbeat Scots out there. But six one six Scott, he's the he's the number one dad right there. Yes, best best pops. Um, and the summoners just like the two are now one as they should be, as they always were. And uh, and they then together so, like Pangea. They do. They did go back together, and it becomes one island. And now the summoners just all like uh, I have to find him. He lives here. Right. Oh wait. Yeah, he's like, "Where are you going?" It's like, "Well, I live here now, and I have to find him because he lives here, and that's what I'm going to do." And and then he walks off, and he's trying to be vague, but we know who he's talking about. We know who he's talking about. Do you know? We'll find out in a few minutes. But we cut to the next page where we see the map of Krakoa, or what it is now, Krakoa plus Iraq. And we see the formation of uh, of the Iraq Ma essentially, which is the, the I guess the connection, the the docking station of that connected to Krakow. We docked. We docked. It was hot. So do we call it Krakowaraka? <laughs> Krakowaraka, right? Krakowaraka. Krakowak. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did we get that nice little like was it that little uh cryptographic view of where the island breaks down, like where the red keep is and Blackstone and the White Palace, Hellfire yeah. Bay. And then the Arkmaw. 
Rathma. But um, what is everyone else doing while this is happening? Like, we have all of the mutant nation kind of on this island. Like, what is their reaction to, like, hey, what's going on? Is this an earthquake? Oh, no. What's Why is this island touching our island? What's going on? Yeah, that is, that is kind of funny. I mean, maybe the stuff going down with the drama with Charles being shot in the face, like, maybe they're focused on that. And this is yeah. just, like, another thing. I don't know. It seems like if a whole island was moving towards your sovereign nation, it would be something that you would prep for in, like, the form of, like, you know, prepping for war. Mm-hmm. Like, that the whole island would be on alert and be there and be, like, okay. But instead, it's just, like, oh, the islands, they now have merged, and this dude just entered the island, and no one did anything to stop him. I really care. This is a very out of place. Like every everything feels out of character. Like it's funny, and I like the responses people gave, but like the actions and the motivations of everyone is kind of like way off. It's a little off, right? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Some, some don't sit right. Yeah, it does not. It makes me question a lot of things. Um, so we cut to later, and we we'll, we see the summoner walking around. And who does the summoner run into? The person we all suspected, none other than Apocalypse. Good old Apocalypse, or A, as we like to call him these days. The, the symbol. The symbol, A, yeah. The mutant formerly what known up? as the symbol. Yeah. Dude, coming <laughs> out of that shadows, too. Just like straight up, cre- just creeping out of the bushes, man. Just like he was always there. He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just like, we've never met, but I would recognize your seat anywhere. Yeah, he's got that scent on him. He's like, I smell you. I smell my kind. And we find out who the children are, pretty much, more or less, as they're talking. And he's just like, I am a children of war. That's what he keeps saying. A child, I guess. Yeah. But not, like not in like a metaphorical way, but no, in a literal way. Literally referring to the uh, horsemen, the horsemen war. of war. Yes. And what we kind of uh, slowly uncover as they're talking is that the horsemen from the past that we learned about in that, that past battle when Krakow and Araka Rocco split uh, initially, and he formed his four horsemen. That those four horsemen survived, remained on Rocco, and pretty much moved on with life, fucked and evolved, which had children. And we have these like weird. Uh, that's prod- yeah. the summoners are a product of the horsemen. Uh, I think just war, though, right? Just war, the product of the horseman. Yeah, like the I think that flaming-headed creature with like the dope epaulets in the in that portal that was the mother, which was war. Gotcha. And she, I guess, went on to populate the island with summoners, maybe, or maybe this one summoner created more summoners. I don't know. Like that, they haven't really touched on that enough to really make any sense. It just know that like. It's kind of like, like, would that make Apocalypse his grandfather? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, quasi, I guess. Because, like, Apocalypse creates the horsemen in a way. Or yeah. sires them into being. Exactly. So, yes. Um, 
He's he's a grand he's a grandpappy. Dude, a touching moment right here where they hug. That's where you yeah. cue like the audience, like oh, yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Touching <laughs> moment. It's very cue touching. <laughs> and uh, Apocalypse is just like I, I for me to save all my children, those of Krakow and those of Araco, and then they embrace. And what an embrace! Yeah, it's a very soft moment for Apocalypse. This they definitely are. Painting him, doing our best to paint him in a softer and more genuine light. Even though, look at him embracing the summoner, and then his like buff ass left arm with that giant vein popping out is juxtaposing this soft moment. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's veined up as shit. Like he's like ready to just shoot up some heroin or something. He's ready. He's (laughs) ready for that. He's ready for the steroids. The width of his vein is as big as uh, the summoner's nose. It is. It's intense. It's like exactly you can measure it as like a parallel across from it. It's such a funny like thing to note. It's, I didn't really notice it before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that you pointed it out, it's like holy shit! <laughs> it's popping. Right? It's giant. Why is he? Why is he so yoked right now? Blacks right? like he's just like ah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. so, I'm so happy to have you back in the family. <laughs> 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 Calm down, apocalypse. It's okay. I'm touched too, but like, you need to chill out. Yeah, <laughs> but still, yeah, definitely a funny, a funny like way for them to portray Apocalypse because he's usually a very cold and uncompassionate exactly. character, and they're and they're showing him as like a a nurturing kind of caregiver, and like he's he's he seems more sympathetic and understanding. Yes, um, it's interesting. It's a different change. Is he going to remain this way? Probably not. I mean, we've already seen hints of him pulling strings so this is probably just another string being pulled or is it it's possible or this could have been like maybe this was a genuine like outcome that apocalypse was aiming for the whole time and he never really meant i don't know but i mean he always went by the name apocalypse so it's like what 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 is your agenda when you're gonna wear that kind of moniker (laughs) sure I get that he's changed and he's trying to say he goes by a new kind of moniker and maybe that's like the saving grace to all this is that like, yeah, no, he is a different person. That's why he's going by a different name. Yeah. But still at the same time, it's like if if you've been setting this up over like eons or decades, I mean, or like hundreds of years, you know, however we won't break it down. He, he, he kind of did it in a real dickish way. (laughs) (laughs) Like he, he didn't have to like, always like like laurel, rest on the laurels of genocide and try to absolutely yeah <laughs> try to use that as his go to to fix things. Oh, they're not strong enough. Wipe it out. <laughs> Survival of fittest. I read some book written by this guy called Darwin, and he really, really, really spoke to me. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that Darwin and his and his finches, man. His, his birds. If only Darwin could have met actual mutant Darwin, then that would he would have lost his mind. Right? <laughs> like this doesn't make any sense. You're you're like my concept, but turned to eleven. Straight <laughs> up. <laughs> um. So they embrace, and that is actually it. We conclude. This is how this issue ends with this warm and questionable embrace. And that ends this issue of X-Men, issue number two. Now, what did you like? We've talked a lot about the weird tone 
the weird behaviors of characters, the awkward sitcom attitude, but anything stand out positive for you in this issue? For me, I think it's just those epic. Uh, that's one thing that I love about this artist, about you, uh, is that um, those those sketches of the actual islands of Morocco and Krakow are amazing. I dig those those panels a lot. Yeah. Yeah, what what um I appreciated about what Usart was like conveying was a, a sense of like grandeur, a sense of big expansiveness. Yes. But but I get what you meant with like a lot of the cross hatching issues making characters look a little too like uh weathered, a little too too many winters like on their face. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're supposed to be a little more young and vibrant. Um, and like that, the, that kind of art style did lend itself well to like the combat and like the action panel, sure. a lot of that stuff. But I think I really enjoyed more or the most out of this is that the, the, the flushing out of the apocalypse mythos and like this lineage tied to the horsemen and like what they've done over the time in which they've been a part of, I guess, earth while apocalypse was off doing his own nonsense, though it still feels like kind of a bit of a a weird misplaced uh, retcon because it's like, all right, well, if all this stuff was going on in the background while Apocalypse still had multiple moments where he rose back to power, like how come none of this ever came up during all those times, you know? I mean, this supposedly had been set in motion or this island had been colonized by like the uh, Horsemen of War and these summoners, you know, that's like thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. So... How come now? I mean, is it because Krakoa finally returned that this island is now returning? Like, is that the whole kind of fix to that canon issue, that like uh, plot hole, if you will? But I guess, I mean, yeah. I mean, besides, and that's still cool, though. Story's got a story. Yeah, I mean, I still appreciate that they're still like you know pulling this out because yeah. it fits to at least to like what the the characters of like a, Apocalypse's like Rogues Gallery and Horsemen would do. Like, they would be involved in some weird kind of, like, I guess you could say colonizational-type uh, control. Because, I mean, <clears throat> with the other, <clears throat> excuse me, Horseman of the Apocalypse, when, like, Angel became uh, the new, new Apocalypse after stepping up, he kind of did something similar as well. He had children. He went on and, like created new horsemen and all this other stuff. And it was it was kind of, like, just the legacy continuing on. So this seems like a little bit more of that, and that's what I liked most about this issue is that it kind of played on that kind of the strengths of Apocalypse's history. But who did war fuck? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, if it's anything like these islands banging, who knows, man? <laughs> right? It has to be something related. To, maybe it's just the island itself. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so – going back to what we were talking about earlier about how like okay so does that make some the summoner a mutant and if the summoner's a mutant then how come all the other summoners have the same powers and it's like is that just how that could war create children that do this power like is that the power of like the horseman of war is that she can create a kid that has the ability to summon demons and is that realm that she's in that realm with the demons you know yeah like you know, are these these just the extension of her like biological ecosystem? <laughs> it's weird. Like I, I like that, that, but this is also classic Hick Hickman writing. Like this is creating more questions at the beginning than answers, and then as we're still going along, I mean, 
this is X-Men 2, so we're getting even more questions. Even though they answered a bunch, they they gave us more, twice as many questions as we got answers. This is a Hickman run. You think you're going to walk away with, with some satisfied answers? No, nah, man. Questions. More questions. You're going to be wondering. Your curiosity is going to be hitting 11 hard. Yeah. And I mean, the storyline seems kind of railroaded. Like, the progression is going to go on no matter what. So it's like yeah. all these weird stick and like fourth wall moments seem like they're kind of just there to to break up the 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 monotony or not even the monotony but the tension and the progression but it still feels weird because it's just like it's out of place like it's bouncing off this like wall that's around the story that's trying to progress it's like they literally blew everyone up like everyone literally got blown up but it was like like we said it was like a cartoon looney tunes moment where like a bomb went off in your hand and you're just like oh i'm fine yeah everyone okay yeah we're okay maybe lost some teeth who knows yeah (laughs) Just brushed it off the dirt and walked, got up, kept on going. I am super um, intrigued about like seeing more of the other summoners, like and how yeah, I want to see they how play. they work. Yeah, I want to see how the low level summoners work because I'm sure we're gonna get some weird uh, kind of interactions and conflicts with low level summoners and mutants in the future. Maybe that'll be like an all out war at some point. That'd be cool. Plus yeah. Summoners versus mutants. Yeah. That would be interesting, um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm I'm glad they're kind of uh, fleshing out the whole mythos behind Crackle and whatnot. It's it's interesting. What became just like an island that was alive is so much more now to the X Men mythos. Yeah, it was already kind of like a weird like kind of plot device for the longest time. It was right. it really just served as like the backdrop so they could transition into giant size X-Men. Giant size X-Men, yeah. That's really all it was and it became kind of like a like a bit of a I don't know, I guess you could say a burden. It's so much to the point that they threw it into space. They just got mm-hmm. rid of it. They were just like, "Fuck, we're going to launch it into space." Yeah. <laughs> and then that became a whole weird story with like Deadly Genesis and like Vulcan and all that. The other one of the Summer's children. <laughs> Summer's brothers. Summer's brother, yeah. Yeah. His own spin-off sitcom, watch out. Watch out, right. summertime, summertime. Summertime too. Uh, but yeah, like I, I like that this seems to be uh, a lot more concrete and a lot more interesting. As bizarre as it is, it is definitely yeah. it is definitely more interesting than Krakoa just being kind of violent. Do you remember at one point, I just remembered, uh, they moved Krakoa to like, the the new Xavier school it was like the when they renamed it like the Jean Grey school when like Wolverine was like headmaster and all that terrible nonsense yeah when they split the schism after schism yeah yeah, yeah all that schism stuff yeah didn't they wasn't Krakoa there at the school like on the grounds that's when they like revealed it was a mutant and they like brought yeah. it on onto the like the property yes I believe so I was just hanging out in like the the garden See, like, I just like that stuff so much that I just now remember that. Like, in my head, I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember reading that. It was all that. That was weird. It was kind of reminded me of, like, like Harry Potter and stuff. <laughs> like, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Like, they're, they're kind of taken from it. Like, I like this better because at least it being an island makes more sense instead of them being like, well, we planted, like, a cocoa tree, and it's now here protecting the school. <laughs> Oh man, J.K. Rowling's gonna sue somebody. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the design of the summoner, the high summoner? I like it, but it seems like it's gonna be kind of bland compared to all the other summoners because they're all gonna have that. They're all probably gonna be like albinos with weird, like 
black energy melting out of their eyes and yeah. they're all going to have their generic symbols. So it's like if he would just look like that and he was the only one, then that would be fine. But I have a feeling there's going to be a bunch of people that look like him and just have mm. different symbols. And that's where it's going to be like, oh, your uniqueness has now just been halved by or like subtracted by like a hundredth. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Man. So that's going to be kind of weird. But still, I mean, first glance seeing him, I was just like, oh, this guy looks menacing and interesting. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of like ambiguity going on here. I like that. That's got me. That's got me intrigued. Yeah. Yes. Intriguing things up ahead. Um, I'm excited. Kind of. I'm I'm getting more hesitant as we move along. Excitement, but yet uh, a slow uh kind of wall being built up of like I, I know where this is going i'm seeing you guys i seeing i'm seeing what you're doing you're spreading yourself a little thin and yeah this has been done before this has been done before i think uh pace and pace uh they've both been keeping pace with each other it's my con my concern and my mm -hmm. intrigue like my intrigue is growing yeah. but also my concern is growing like they're yes. both neck and neck with each other with the, these these I guess you could say last four or five issues that I've dove into. Like mm -hmm. every issue, I've got like more intrigue, but then also I'm just like, uh. so maybe X Force. X Force. I I have to say now going back on it being a hundred percent objective. Like I like that. Like and I'm real happy with that. And if they keep that going that way, I mm -hmm. I have no concern. Yeah. My concern is just dying down. But with everything else, like X-Men issue one, I already had a lot of concern because I was just like, well, this is really weird. This like kind of shoehorn like sitcom -y development, which kind of continued on. But yep. now in X-Men, they had more of a story progression instead of just like everyone's getting caught up. There's now like, OK, now the story's moving forward. So now my my intrigue is growing again. But the concern is still there because that writing of the characters has not changed. It's still kind of slapsticky. And, I get you. Yeah. And New Mutants has that problem as well. And definitely Fallen Angels has that issue where it's like trying to be an X Force but isn't quite and has a lot of weird character development that you're just like, man. Well, I mean Cable has the same problem in X in Fallen Angels as he does in this. So it's 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 prevalent through a lot of issues. Um Yeah. He doesn't seem to have any agency whatsoever correct yeah that's that's the best way of putting it it's like he's lacking in that kind of form the the, the more i just i miss the old cable i do, do you? <laughs> i he's do dead he got shot I, I gotta by read this guy arc. i gotta read the arc of why he kills him yeah well he wanted to kill him to prevent this time nonsense from happening and then he stayed around to make sure that the time nonsense will happen again it's essentially he's popped up he's all like all right you're dead uh you guys have been fucking around with time too much and I'm going to be staying around making sure this doesn't happen again. Which is confusing, though, because then, like, how would he know? Because he's younger. But, yeah. would, like, uh, did I? I don't know if we ever talked about it, but there was, like, this whole arc where they, like, explained in the past that, like, it was Cable's techno virus that, like, leaked into Apocalypse's blood. And it was, like, Cable going back in time trying to kill Apocalypse that essentially created Apocalypse and made, like, this yeah. weird like, it was a, time loop. It was, a, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, and it's, like... That's a paradox, is Cable, by the way. Yeah, like a paradox. Yeah, exactly. Like a time paradox. Exactly. Like, and, and now it's, like, are we in another one of those with young Cable? Was he creating a weird time paradox by, like... It's, like, like a shitty movie Looper by Ryan Johnson. Oh, Oh yeah, Looper. Good God. Mm. With Joseph Gordon, 
Joseph's Gordon Levitt. <laughs> and and his nose. His nose was his own, was his, was its own actor in that movie. I don't know why, but people were like, he he pulled off a good young Bruce Willis, and I was like, no, no, he didn't. He was just Joseph Gordon Levitt <laughs> with the nose. Joseph Gordon Levitt with a funny nose. That's it. I was like, he he went up fooling me. Like if I would have saw them in public, I would never be like, oh, that those two are related. <laughs> it must be his son. <laughs> no. Like, I, you can't suspend disbelief like that, but whatever. You know, like it, it's just one of those kind of like plots that just don't make sense. And that had an even worse time hole plot or time uh, travel paradox. <laughs> it's, it's like we have to send people back in time to murder them because murdering people is so difficult. But then all of a sudden we're going to murder someone and then the whole plot of the movie is just falling up beneath you. <laughs> Fuck that movie. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Cable later on, if he's ever going to grow out of being immature or being childish, or that's just how they want to write him now. Like, if that's his persona, is he's just like, I'm a badass, and I've got the mentality of a five-year-old. Who knows? Who knows? Only time will tell. And by time, I mean, you know, linear time, not this, like, weird X-Men time. But we will find out. And then next week, we are going back to Excalibur. Excalibur issue number two. But that concludes this week's issue of X-Men. Um, real quick, just a shout out. We're doing, uh, or I should say, I am doing a uh, X-23 Laura short that's coming out soon. Shout out to L Little Witch Cosplay. She does an amazing X23 cosplay. Highly recommend you checking out her work. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Be sure to follow us on all of the socials. Be sure to subscribe. And remember, Danny, this is this is more more directed towards you. The robots will kill you. Don't you know that? It's true. It's true. I, it's I don't trust true. my Roomba. <laughs> I don't trust my Roomba. Yeah. <laughs> But that'll do it this week, folks. Catch you next week. Peace.